There's a spirit at Bryan Health, a passion that says we can make it better, stronger, to raise our kids, to build our future, to move forward together. It's time for another Bryan Health podcast. Here's Melanie Cole. If you or a loved one is going through cancer treatments, you know that there are so many factors involved. And one of the factors that plights many people is appetite changes relating to the treatments and decrease in appetite. My guest today is Ruth Van Gerpen. She's an oncology clinical nurse specialist at Bryan. Ruth, how can going through cancer treatment affect a person's appetite? What is the cause of it? Because I understand there's probably many factors. There are quite a few of them. And I think, you know, the, the main ones, the treatment itself, such as chemotherapy or radiation therapy, are probably the biggest factors because what they do is they can cause a person to actually lose their appetite because of the drug itself or the effects that it may have, for instance, even on their taste buds and can cause food to smell or even taste different. One of the main changes some people will talk about with one of a few of our drugs is some of the foods will actually take, taste almost metal-like or metallic. In addition, appetite can change from day to day. It kind of depends on where a person is in their treatment cycle. Um, sometimes it's better, sometimes it's just not so good because it also may be due to the fact that other effects of treatment such as your nausea or diarrhea or constipation or mouth sores that can develop, even sometimes swallowing problems, all of those affect what we eat as well as how easy it is for us to eat. One of the things that we worry about is we know that it is vital for our patients um, to make sure that they continue to eat as well as drink fluids to avoid any weight loss or dehydration. We don't want people losing weight while they're on treatment. Um, it's important so that we can continue to make the most of it and really truly to keep keep them on schedule of, of their treatment. So you mentioned things like chemotherapy, and we've heard that that's pretty bad for appetite. Can the pain and depression and fatigue also lead to a loss of appetite? And, and what can we do about some of this? Actually, it can. Um, we know that fatigue and depression um, are common, especially with treatment, especially as they continue to have more cycles, more episodes of treatment with the chemotherapy or with radiation. If they're getting it every day, typically five days a week for several weeks in some cases, is the more you have, often the more tired you are. Um, along with that is you don't have as much energy, and that can also affect your appetite in addition to the side effects of the treatment. And sometimes depression is a common aspect of treatment. Um, sometimes it's just very difficult to maintain that, that optimism or for some even that sense of hope. And that can also affect appetite. I think many people, even those that aren't dealing with cancer, find that sometimes when you get overwhelmed, depression sets in a little bit more anxiety and appetite is one of the things for some people is affected um, by that in, that in that manner. So what do you want the loved ones who are helping to care for this person with cancer, and they tell you they're not hungry and you can't get them to eat, what should you do and what foods would you like? I mean, we obviously don't want just high calorie, right? We'd like high calorie that also give more bang for the buck. How do you get them to eat and what do you want them to eat? You know, it, and that's exactly true. Um, we, we, we have a lot of wants, don't we? We want them to make sure that they're eating foods that have protein in them 
is probably one of the most important things and kind of the saying sometimes for many of us is we want them to make the most of every bang, of every bite, kind of you get the most bang for your buck. But we want foods that have um, more calories, um, but we also want that nutritional value. And primarily that's protein. Protein is what helps those cells in our body that have been damaged by treatment to be able for the body to make new ones. And the protein is one of the key things for that. So these are things like peanut butter, cheeses, your, well, you can actually even use butter, um, not skim milk anymore. Maybe you go to 1% or 2% milk, but things that have more protein in them or your foods that have more calories to increase calorie intake. One of the other, another thing that is often helpful is sometimes when we sit down, we're used to sitting down maybe in, or at least eating three meals a day and a full plate of food is too much at one time. So it helps to do small amounts throughout the day, you know, five or even five or six times a day as you have a little bit for breakfast. And, you know, for instance, maybe that is um, you can have some eggs or you can have some eggs with some cheese on it or have some oatmeal. And then in the middle of the morning, maybe you have a few nuts or you have a part of an apple and put some peanut butter on it. Or in the afternoon after some lunch, you have some crackers with some slices of cheese on it. It doesn't have to be a lot, but throughout the course of the day is you're going to get the added calories, you're going to get added protein into that, and you're going to find as well that it's easier to do that. Often our dietitians we work with indicate to not let more than three hours go by without eating or drinking something. Sometimes, too, for people, if they're struggling with nausea, is that can be worse if the stomach is empty. So keeping some food in the stomach is important from that aspect as well. Sometimes, too, we tend to always tend to drink more when we're eating, and sometimes that can fill you up too much. So do your drinking more between your meals, not necessarily even just the water, but if you're drinking things that you can add a little of protein to, if you like some of the protein drinks, don't do those along with your meal. Drink them in between and use those as a substitute maybe for a snack. Um, one of the things, too, that I've commented to many people, things they've never think, think about is to take their medications with milk or with protein supplements. And I've had many patients go, oh, I never even thought of doing that. They said that would be easy to do because you're needing to take it with liquids. And so you can take your medications in that manner. Um, I think one of the challenges, especially for people who eat, who are alone um, or don't have somebody to eat with regularly, is the fact that it's easier to skip a meal because you don't have anybody to visit with. So make sure that you're not alone when you eat. Um, in other words, eat with somebody or have the TV on or turn on a favorite movie or turn on the radio, um, something so that you have something to take the focus off of the food, something you can concentrate on or enjoy. Often if we're enjoying something, we tend to eat better, eat more, or at least a few more bites of the food um, that we're doing. One of the other things that sometimes can help encourage an appetite is just to stay physically active. Be as active as you can. You know, maybe that means going when you're out trying to get a little bit of a walk or walking a little bit more around the house is do that before you eat um, to try to help stimulate that, make you maybe a little bit hungry. Sometimes that can improve appetite. It, we know it can help digestion. But I think one of the most important points for those that are the caregivers, those that are caring for somebody with cancer is 
to try not to take it personally when you've fixed a meal, you've fixed, you know, spent some time fixing a soup, or maybe you've even gone out to get their favorite snack at a fast food place, and you bring it home or you put it on in front of them, and they say, they take one bite and they go, I don't want any more. Try not to take it personally. It's not you. Um, it is the disease. It's the treatment. They they want you. They they do appreciate everything that you've done, but it, it can be very difficult um, with the disease. And sometimes appetite can change that quickly. So it isn't a personal. It isn't a personal complaint. Um, it is just the fact that the disease is and the the treatment um, is making it difficult from an appetite standpoint. One of the things that factors into that loss of appetite is nausea and the the taste and smell of the food. Are there medications that can help? Yes, there are. And there are some excellent medications. We call them anti-emetics or the anti-nausea medicines. And these are medicines that the oncologist, the cancer specialist, doctors and nurse practitioners will make sure that you have a prescription for these medications to take um, when you're getting chemotherapy. Sometimes they will have you take them regularly on a schedule, especially if you're struggling a great deal with the nausea. But in many cases, it's ones that you can take when you need to. And if you find that nausea is a significant component in really affecting your meals and your eating, is take one, take a pill about an hour before you're going to eat. And you will find that that really will make eating much easier. If you don't have any medicine for nausea and you're struggling, ask, because they they will give you something and there are various options that are available for that. A few other quick ideas as far as nausea goes is um, in the morning, especially more people tend to struggle with that when you wake up, but do what we call dry foods. Things like crackers or toast or dry cereal can help. Um, those are also things you can nibble on during the day. The day. Um, not that they have a tremendous amount of nutritional value, but a lot of times they will help keep the nausea in check so that then you will be able to eat other foods as well. Sometimes foods that have a lot of odor to them or a lot of aroma may be a little bit too overwhelming and can sometimes trigger nausea. So we find oftentimes that foods that are room temperature or are cold can be more helpful. Other types of foods that sometimes can trigger nausea are your greasy, fried, spicy, or foods that are overly sweet. From a liquid standpoint, do things such as, in in addition to water, some of your juices or try popsicles or um, ginger ale can be good, even ginger tea. Ginger is a, um, a spice, actually, that can help control nausea. And I've had many individuals talk about how they will steep it and either drink it as a hot tea or add it to ice and have a ginger iced tea. And I found that to be very helpful with managing nausea. Great advice. And and before we wrap up, I'd like to ask you one more question. Some people may get a sore mouth or sore throat during treatment, which can cause pain. Do you have some food suggestions? Does it have to be all soft food? You know, soft foods are one of the things that probably help the most in Sometimes, too, it's difficult to think of what a soft food is, but your foods that are maybe even a creamy to a degree, such as your yogurts or cream soups, eggs, puddings can be helpful. The other thing sometimes can be just to make foods more moist, like adding a gravy or a sauce to something that you like to eat um, can make it easier to swallow, and that can be helpful as well. 
Another suggestion is to have um, honey, take like a tablespoon of honey and mix it with warm water. And that can be very soothing to drink or drink using a straw. Sometimes too, if you do that, you can kind of bypass the mouth sores and that may make it easier to take some of your liquids. Of course, one of my favorite types of foods, and I don't have to deal with mouth sores, but um, your, your milkshakes or your smoothies or slushes or frozen yogurts can be very soothing and very helpful as well. Wrap it up with your best advice and what you would like listeners to know if they or a loved one are going through cancer treatments and have some problems with eating, whether it's a loss of appetite or nausea or sores, what you would like them to know. I think one of the most important things to remember is this is going to be temporary and it is going to kind of come in in cycles. It's going to kind of come and go during the, the period of time of treatment. It's important to make sure that your your physician, um, the oncologist, is aware of these struggles. Don't just assume you have to put up with them because they're there. There's a lot of things that they can do to help minimize those or even in some cases maybe even prevent that for you. So be honest. Don't assume, assume that you have to kind of just buck up and put up with it. You don't. From for the for the caregiver is just to continue to do everything you can for the individual you're helping. Ask and offer options. Um, there are a lot of excellent resources, cookbooks, and things that are available that your oncology provider will have available for you as well that may provide you with some tips. And the other thing I think that is important as well is just to continue to try try different options. Come up with some ideas and give them a try. And I do believe that you will be successful. Um, and just be, give, it, give it some patience as well and some time. Thank you so much, Ruth, for being on with us today. And it's great information and so important for cancer patients to hear. And really thank you again. If you want to hear more Brian Health podcasts, please go to brianhealth.org slash podcasts. That's brianhealth.org slash podcasts. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for tuning in today.